Welcome to Safe House. Welcome to the Safe House studio. I don't know what episode this is. Welcome to Safe House. I'm back. Fabulous. It's a completely safe space for you to talk about whatever you want. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can bleep shit out. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. Okay, let's go. Uh, welcome to the next episode of Safe House. Um, in the studio today, you're beaming at me. <laughs> in the studio today, I have the gorgeous Samuel Estale. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Good. Finally, finally got to sit down on Safe House. Indeed. Very exciting. Indeed. Um, so, first of all, before I start, I need to, obviously, I know who you are. For those of you who don't know... Um, I don't know why they wouldn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say more so our our relationship to each other. We are in fact partners. Um, it's been a long time um, in the making getting someone here. It's, um, just you know, I've just been teasing him, you know. Just like actually, this is what I was going to ask: What pronouns do you use, just for the viewers' sake? Um, this is quite a loaded question, Daniel. But <clears throat> for the sake of the viewers, he or they is fine. She when I'm in drag or it. If you want, I don't care. So anything, whatever's your pleasure, basically. Um, so tell the viewers a little bit about, obviously, again, I know a lot about you, mm. but uh, they, they unfortunately don't. So, or some of them will and some of them won't. Tell them what you, a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm fit, I'm flirty, and I'm from the north. No. <laughs> Is that Marnie? Yeah. (laughs) So I'm from Newcastle, born and raised in Hebben, South Tyneside. Some might say that's not Newcastle, but I would tell them to do one. I'm 22 years old. I live currently in Manchester with my gorgeous partner, Daniel. Who are they? Who are they? Where are they? (laughs) (laughs) And currently training to be a barrister. Start law school in like three weeks. Just got my degree. Um, I've managed to pin them down for for an hour. Yeah. Very busy. Very, Very, very busy. I'm also a drag artist, worldwide woman. <laughs> WWW. Wrapped in a riddle in cash. <laughs> at all times. So that was my next question. Um, go in a little bit about what you do as a creative. So obviously you've mentioned that you are in a legal profession. You're, that's your that's your goal. You could call it your government your government, life. government job. Your government <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. What, what is it that you do creatively? Quickly. <laughs> Um, creatively, it's predominantly drag. Um, I've been doing drag since I was 15 years old. I started in my bedroom after watching Drag Race, which is quite common now. But it wasn't the only thing that pulled me towards it. Uh, when I was younger, being growing up in the theatre, um, seeing drag artists there, even though I didn't know what they were at the time, mm-hmm. I quickly learned as I grew up what drag was and tried many different styles of drag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am now the Holy Spirit. Um, I was not. I never. I was not always the Holy Spirit. Um, I used to be Aria Gemini, um, inspired by Raja Gemini. Inside scoop. Yeah, uh, but Aria's dead now. So Aria's dead, and Holy Spirit lives Holly. on. <laughs> Holy lives on through us all. Um, yeah, uh, it's been about six years. Been doing drag for about six years, and over that time, I've developed skills and a love for artistry and singing and and me and you, obviously. <laughs> I want to get to that, though, because that's yeah, something yeah. that really connected us in the beginning. Absolutely. We'll get into all of that a little bit later on. Um, so, Holly Spirit is why you're here. She is in the room as well. Yeah, she is. Uh, there's two, t- three of us here. Well, four of us here, if you count in Poppy as well. Yeah. Um, so, 
going back to the the legal eagle that you are um i always ask my guests what they do outside of being a creative because obviously being a creative is really expensive and not everyone has the luxury of doing it full time so delve into a little bit what your day-to-day life is what do you get up to outside of being a creative okay so obviously like i said i'm not always in drag i don't work in drag every night Uh, it's not my full-time job mostly out of drag my main career is training to be a barrister. I've been studying law for five years now. So almost as long as I've been doing drag, I've been mm. studying law. So the world, the two worlds kind of like grow together. Mm-hmm. I did a brief stint as a fashion student before I went and started doing my law career. And it shows. And it shows. And it shows. Not right now, but... They can't see us. It's not live. <laughs> it's not live. Yeah. So fashion student turned law student essentially the L words of drag one might say <laughs> I was um, waiting for that <laughs> um, but yeah so I've just finished my degree and my day to day tends to be being a little law nerd and reading loads of fun not so fun but fun for me articles mm-hmm. and and being a cat dad I don't know where our little kitten is uh, Diva he's in the bedroom oh that's the cushion I'm looking at the cushion because it looks like he lies against the wall he falls asleep staring at the wall but he looks like no like can you see the bit where the the wall it's like leaned up against the the corner of the pillows leaned up against the wall looks like the cat Diva he's in the bedroom I've closed the door oh (laughs) (laughs) okay he's locked in the bedroom I'm shouting the cat and I'm just teasing him Um, so uh, let's go back a little bit take a uh, a time machine, getting your TARDIS, travel mm. back a little bit. How did you start? Let's go with drag. Mm-hmm. Your creative outlet as being drag. How did you start? Where did that come from? Um, so, like I said, I watched Drag Race. I used to get my iPad and go out when it was first released on Netflix. I used to sit under my covers in my bedroom with my iPad down the side of the bed, sneakily watching Drag Race. When you were supposed to be asleep. For fear of my mum coming in and being like, what are you watching? But obviously she was never going to be like that. But as a 14-year-old gay kid, you have no idea what your parents are going to, how your parents are going to respond. Mm-hmm. Firstly, to being gay, and secondly, to wanting to dress up like a woman. I mean... Um, it's quite a, it's quite a fearsome, fearsome hobby. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I just, I started, I think I was, I think I'm a Halloween queen, if I'm honest with you. Mm-hmm. There was a Halloween party that I was going to when I was like, 15 maybe i think i've seen the pictures they need burned they need absolutely burned um <laughs> burn into my brain for sure um so yeah put on this horrible knitted meshy black dress thick black tights high platform black heels which i still have and a black wig from like the supermarket like i think it was from like morrison's or something <laughs> Um, and a little golden crown and some golden jewellery. She was coordinated. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, she was coordinated, but she was busted. You've come a long way since then. Yeah, she was busted. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, from, that, from then on, it kind of developed into something that I did when I could. So I started buying bits of makeup, and mm-hmm. for Christmas, I, would, I asked for a wig and um, some MAC lipstick and stuff like that, and just built up my collection of makeup and drag and stuff like that. And over time, came a bit more confident. And I would just do it in my house. I would just get up and drag at like 11 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and then trot downstairs to my mother and be like, hello. <laughs> look what I did. And she was she was always completely fine with it. She'd go, oh, you look so good. You look beautiful. And mm-hmm. she would always tell me that I look great and fill me with confidence, even though I, she had no business doing that because I looked fucking dreadful. I mean, I get messages from a lot of your family whenever we post 
drag on Facebook. It's E E Holly E Poppy, you look great. <laughs> you look lovely. I love it. This, honestly, this, there's a point about me, so I can't imagine like what they were like. They've for always you, been great. Right? Like some members of my family have been a bit uncomfortable with it, mm. um, but over time and as soon as you start making money from it they're like oh wow that's great well done but yeah so then I started to do like some photo shoots with some friends and would go out to see drag shows but yeah and then I moved to Manchester I took a small break from drag to focus on getting my law degree and then probably like two years ago maybe yeah two years ago picked it back up again Mm -hmm. and yeah and ever since then it's kind of like the trajectory has been pretty pretty like incremental the trajectory has been pretty incremental up to then and then since then i was about to say not incremental since you picked it up again no 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 like up until that point it was incremental and then i think it's because i went from doing it every day Mm -hmm. pretty much four or five nights a week and falling out of love with it to going back to doing it when I wanted to do it, having gigs when I wanted to do gigs Mm -hmm. and doing drag where I I feel best and where I feel more comfortable. And that really shows the comfortability and feeling like I want to do it and feeling like I'm happy doing it makes, makes my drag so much better. Yeah. Um, and so, so since then it's just been it's been great I've got some shows coming up. This, the next show that I'm doing will have been done by the time this comes out, but whatever else happens, we shall see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll get into all of that a little bit later on because I want to pick your head about... I'll pick your brain, sorry. Um, peck my head. I'm going to peck your head. I'm going to pick your brain about your trajectory in the last couple of years and before that. Uh, but first, I wanted to ask what your influences were when you first started. What did you pull from? What pop culture or like... I'm just going to let you... Yeah. What were your influences? Okay, so... Obviously, being a live singer and a drag queen, mm-hmm. my aesthetic influences and my musical influences sometimes overlap, but not always. I feel like more so now, my aesthetic and my musical influence overlaps massively. Yeah. However, when I first started, my aesthetic was very witchy, and I used to watch American Horror Story, and like I binged watch Coven like 15 times in the space of like one summer because I was so obsessed with the beauty and the the mystery and the spirituality behind witchcraft and then I used that aesthetic in my drag. I used to wear a fedora hat, like a big massive fuck off hat. You and Emma Roberts in Coven. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I was probably more so inclined to be Sarah Paulson because she was all like flowy and like gorgeous and... A little bit more Stevie Nicks. Yeah, a bit more Stevie Nicks. That was the vibe. Yeah, that was my influence in the beginning. Um, also influenced by a few drag superstars at Get the time. Get away. Get away. <laughs> um, Raja. I actually met her when I was like 15. And God, I don't wish to ever see those photos again because I was wearing like a next men's grey tweed coat belted with this tiny little belt. Some horrible fake Louboutin heels that I painted myself with red paint on the bottom. Glasses and the most dreadful makeup probably known to man. But she was really lovely to me and she inspired me to like continue on with drag and just having fun with it and letting it be an outlet for my expression and feeling good about myself and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are tricks. The the blazer with the belt and what else did you say? You said something. The fake Louboutin heels. The fake Louboutin heels. Those are tricks that the girls are still doing now. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Like... I mean, it speaks I'm for a trailblazer, itself. what can I say? Um, <laughs> Michelle Vassar's a trailblazer, don't, because uh, my, my podcast will get shut down. Um, but yeah, so those were my influences. Um, musically, um, I watched a lot of Glee when I was a kid. Um, uh-huh. Glee, while people have their opinions about it, I will forever say that it might be a cursed show, there might have been loads of 
actors from it who have died or gone to prison or whatever. And Leah Michelle's not well. But um, <laughs> the music and the storylines that it had were really beneficial to me. And I know a lot of people that feel the same way. Opened up my eyes to a lot of different genres and types of music. Mm-hmm. I was obviously like in the theatre when I was a kid. I did a lot of musical theatre. I did like a theatre school and I was in the dance troupe and the theatre troupe and singing troupe, all that. Albeit not for very long. Shows like Glee and other musical TV shows, they kind of opened up my eyes to certain types of music and the songs that I still sing to this day. So yeah, that's that's kind of how it's all blended together into Holly Spirit. I would say now I'm more the glamour puss. I'll drape myself across any chair that I happen pass and sing a little Barbara Streisand number every five minutes, <laughs> if given the chance. I have a, I have a, a, a burning question before we move on from Glee. Um, what's, what's it called when you mesh two songs together? A mashup. Yeah, sorry. I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> the, the word escaped my mind. Um, if you had to, gun to your head, million pounds, yeah. what is your favourite mashup from Glee? Favourite mashup from Glee? Oh my God. Quickly. This is not a quick... That is a quick. Gun to your head. Gun to my head. Go. Favorite mashup. It would have to be. Can I guess? Well, no, because then I can't say it. Okay, I'll keep it in my head. And okay, then so it's feel the earth move and <gasps> hand in my pocket. That okay. mashup by the Carol King and Alanis Morissette mashup, because in that episode, Santana says to Britney, I want to mash up with you forever, Brit. And they get married. Aww, and it's really cute. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to say Walking on Sunshine. That um, was my second choice. That was actually, that was the one that first came to my head. Walking hands. on Sunshine. Halo. Halo. Oh, I can't believe I forgot that. That's awful. Literally, when Renaissance has just come out as well. Actually, I will say that I knew of Carol King, but I'd only done one cover ages and ages ago. Mm. And then when we rewatched. Glee, albeit we stopped halfway through because I got a bit sick of it. That one opened my eyes to both Alanis Morissette and Carole King. Both of those uh, so albums, Tapestry, Tapestry and pr- Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> Pretty Little Pill. <laughs> is, that, is that a Troy, Troy Sivan song? Oh, it's Pretty Little Pill. Happy Little Pill. Happy Little Pill. No, Jagged Little Pill. Those albums are both incredible. Yeah. Okay, so moving on a little bit. Only, only a slight bit. We're still in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you say your drag has changed from where you started? Obviously, you have different influences now. Mm. A lot of them, a lot of them, the same. How would you say it's changed from the beginning to now? Greatly, <laughs> it has changed greatly. Care to um, care to develop the above everything? My drag has changed because I've changed. Mm. I am a more confident person now. I'm more comfortable with myself and the way that I speak the way that I express myself, not just express yourself, like the way that I physically express my gestures, my voice, my body language. I feel a lot more comfortable now being Sam. So I'm a lot more comfortable being Holly. What's changed? A a lot of things have changed. I've been, when I was a kid, I was very, very self-conscious and insecure. Don't get me wrong. Like I still feel those things today, Mm -hmm. but just at a, such a minuscule level compared to when I was younger, which I'm sure it's the same for many people when they're a teenager. Mm-hmm. They don't know their place in the world. They have no idea what they're doing or who they are. I just decided to take on an entire another persona and have to figure out who they are as well as who I am. But it ended up that being like the overweight, bullied, gay kid in a Catholic school made me kind of made me go into my shell a little bit, which is completely not like me. Um, And then when I started to develop my drag, my 
day-to-day life developed alongside it Mm -hmm. and they kind of pull each other along so where I'm lacking in one the other one kind of pulls me up I feel a lot more comfortable being on stage I feel a lot more comfortable talking to people who come and watch my come watch shows and people who are like who like drag other drag queens that's a big one yeah because obviously being a little drag stan I used to like sweat and shake and cry when like I would meet a drag queen whereas like the queens that I used to the queens that I used to like fall on the floor for I've since met not paying to meet them and have realized that they are just people met, like anyone else worked with yeah the, the whole d- done it all, like a full full circle moment with it all and it's been quite eye-opening for me I don't view anyone as better than me I don't view anyone as lesser than me we're all the same at the end of the day and that has made me a lot more comfortable being in drag doing drag and allowing myself to be Holly as well as being Sam in my day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And if I can, being Holly has also massively helped me with my legal career because you're expected to stand up on behalf of someone else and speak in front of a court, in front of a judge, in front of a jury and a whole plethora of different types of people. Mm-hmm. And the confidence that I've got from drag has helped me throughout interviews, has helped me throughout applications, the stories that I can tell, mm-hmm. The people that I've met, the skills and abilities that I've gained from doing drag are completely transferable to being a barrister. And I'm sure as my life goes on, will be the same vice versa. I like that. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that, that thought as well a little bit later on. So obviously it's, it, it was a loaded question because obviously you've, you've changed a lot as, as a, an artist from when you first started to now. Um, but did you have a vision? I mean, I'm, I'm asking this of like a, a 14, 15 year old, but did you have a vision of your where your creativity could take you that possibly you're living out today? Did you oh, have any idea? I thought I was going to be dead by 18. <laughs> like, I did not think I'd live past 18, quite honestly. Like, a bit morbid, I know, but like, genuinely, I didn't picture myself where I am with you um in the career that i'm doing as the drag artist that i am as the cat dad that i am now (laughs) i didn't picture any of that all of that was a complete blank i would only be looking to get to the next day when i was that age Mm -hmm. but those kind of future wants and future visions started to take place really a couple years ago largely when i moved out of my hometown came to university started to do things for myself started to live my life for me and make moves for my future and they were cemented when I met you really Mm -hmm. when I met you I then I began to envisage a life that I could never have actually ever dreamed of like being happy in a loving queer relationship living in a gorgeous apartment in a city that I love Mm -hmm. working with people that I love on a career track that I'm extremely proud of gaining degrees and accolades and scholarships etc and being booked to sing and do drag in the street and in venues all over the city it's like a dream come true that I, it's, but it's a dream that I never even thought to have. Maybe in like my wildest dreams or when I was like a really young kid. Mm. But it's all so good and it's all so beautiful. And you know like yeah. better than anyone that I worry about it all going away. Mm-hmm. But It feels like a bit of a fever dream. Yeah, I think that's because I had never imagined it for me. So now that I have it, I think, oh, at some point I'm going to wake up and this is going to be the dream. It's not going to be my reality. It's going to be the dream that I could possibly have one day. Mm-hmm. But it's not. And wake up. Yeah. This is Wake up. This is real. Yes. Yeah. All of this is real. Everything you're doing is real. Like the it's, it's obviously I'm extremely biased because I have my partner sat with me. But 
I can get an idea of where you've started and where you've come from and where you are now. Only an idea. I've spoken to like some of your family and and obviously the, I know the people we know now. Like that, I I am inspired by you because just how hard you work and what you achieve day to day. And I don't think you believe yourself half the time. Or you'll say something. I'll be like, I've done I've done this. I'm like just take a second and think about what that is that you've just done. Like, that's not a pass-off comment. Like, come on. Just just amazing. I'll move on a little bit, because otherwise I can talk about this all day. Um, I wanted to touch on, I'm going to use my favourite word here, my, the dichotomy between the, I mean, I would say very, like, business, corporate, legal system, and what is the complete opposite of drag. Do you find it difficult to manoeuvre those, manoeuvre... Through, like, manoeuvre through it. And... Yeah, like, manoeuvre the... Uh, I hate that word. It sounds really weird, and I've said it too many times. <laughs> like, to move through those two worlds, because you said that they they work quite closely to each other. Yeah. How do you find manoeuvring your way through them? <laughs> um, okay, so it's a very complicated relationship mm-hmm. that my two worlds have together. Because, like you said, it's the the corporate business, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of the abstract view of what it is. Because yeah. it's it's the, the free-loving, the queer, the artistic world versus the, the government, the society, the rule, the structure world. And ab- ab- on an abstract view of it, they are completely opposite. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they are largely the same. While obviously there are great differences between the two, and I'm sure members of both communities will have very significant personal differences, lifestyle differences, etc. It's people like me and also people like you and people like my colleagues that intersect those two worlds, albeit in different ways, that I find useful to cross over with. Mm-hmm. Um, Does one help the other? Have you found situations in life where you've used skills and abilities that you've developed in one to help the other? Oh, absolutely. Like, sorry, it just dawned on me that we're, like, doing a podcast and not actually just having a conversation. It's quite funny. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so they've kind of grown up with each other. I One example I can think of is the advocacy sessions that I've been doing with one of my colleagues. And in those sessions, I am expected to... I'm given a brief, I'm given a bundle, I'm given papers of a random person, Mr. Bloggs, and Mr. Bloggs has done X, Y, and Z and is brought before the court for this this reason. And I'm expected to take the law, use it, and apply it to the situation and then advocate for the person or against the person in a court. And in doing that, the whole point of my job and the whole point of the exercise is to increase my skill and better myself when it comes to speaking properly and being able to articulate an argument and a, and a train of thought into something that is persuasive, into something that is believable, into something that um, makes sense, both legally and words. Makes sense with words. What's the word? Uh, to make sense with words. To make sense, like, logically and grammatically and all of those types of things. And yeah. all of that has been massively benefited by my life in queer world. And the benefits that I gain from training myself to be an advocate and the benefits that I gain from experience as a drag artist, a live singer, host, etc. Those two things massively assist each other. And where I gain one in one world, I one-up myself in another for the benefit of each of them together and separately. Mm -hmm. 
um, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I mean, it, it's blowing my mind, <laughs> but I think that someone will be able to piece it together. Like, yeah. if I took a second, I'm better with words on a page. If I saw it, I can, like, or analogies. Yeah. Analogies. Like, I think I get, they, 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 lean, the to, they lean to each other, and I am the king of analogies. They, they, they lean on each other, and uh, this is me trying to explain it in my own mind. Like, the, the ability to communicate and understand people, have them understand you and articulate yourself in a way so that you can get your point across yeah. and also advocate for someone else. Yeah, that's, that is pretty much it. Um, I know that we've had many conversations about this, but it's also helped my ability to have a healthy relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Like, our communication is stellar. Even though sometimes you tell me off for lowering you a little bit. Um, it happens on occasion. <laughs> but we have the the skills and abilities to communicate yeah. those things. Yeah, and why they're and I'll be like, not good. Or... Communicating in an incredible way by saying, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so going back to something you said earlier. So um, you obviously started drag ages and ages ago five six years ago now and then you said that you picked it up obviously i know all this Mm. i'm just for the for the sake of the the listener you picked drag up about two years ago again yeah professionally yeah how has that been the ups the downs give me some goss not the whole team the whole whole team so starting again when we first met yeah i i remember it hope so I remember what's the word I remember it remember it well I remember it well (laughs) I hadn't done drag for about maybe two years at the point of when I started it again so I had been on a good break I was still following it I was still intrigued by it I just didn't do it for myself because again like it was a timing thing and maybe I wasn't ready at that time to pick it back up again because I was still figuring myself out. I then met you and you were like getting started with your drag journey maybe a year before that. Mm-hmm. And it was quite an eye-opening thing that there is someone like you who was seemingly this all-American boy, you know what I mean? <gasps> like, even though that's exactly the opposite of what you are. I mean, I will interject and say that when we met, we actually didn't know because we had a, a, a very, very brief period of conversation online before mm-hmm. we met maybe like a week yeah um because i was very adamant that i wanted to meet meet you and and just i wanted that to be the interaction the that I had with you. yeah i feel the same um and we, we had no idea that each other did drag um and then and then we had the first like literally one of the first conversations that we had while we were strutting around around town with our iced coffees was that you do drag and that I do drag. And that kind of, like, it blew my mind a little bit because it was, it was like, oh, so I'm not the only person, even though I knew I wasn't the only person, but to put it in a way that's like, it allowed me to feel more comfortable with the idea of doing it again. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I I do all that to you. And you kind of like maybe opened up the door that was locked to do it again. And we it were, was a jar. The door was a jar. It was a jar. I booted yeah. it open, but it, it was a it tiny was... little glass jar. It was. Yeah, we we, we did drag together um, for the first time, like a couple, maybe like a month or two in, and I was, it was dreadful. Like honestly, the wor- probably the worst I've ever looked. I don't think so. But from that point, I began to fall in love with it again, and then an opportunity arose for us both. To work professionally. Yeah, to work professionally, to sing, to perform, to be a part of a drag team. And it was such a brilliant opportunity. The practicalities of it uh, and the realities of it, maybe not so much. Because 
You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to tell the tea. Go because I can. I can bleep the shit out and just. I just want you to speak from your mind and from your heart. So just okay. Go so ahead and bearing in mind, at this point, we didn't really know that much about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we were still getting to know each other, mm-hmm. and we decided that hey, let's both get a job in the same venue, and then I'll move to the, doing the same, the same city. thing. And then Dan's going to move to the same city and change his whole life plan to do this job and be with me, and it's all going to be great. And while it was, like, great, and there were so many parts of it that I'm like, I would never change for anything, mm-hmm. there was some elements of it that I wasn't prepared for, and I'm sure that you weren't prepared for. Mm-hmm. Personally, the, the hours and the, the toll that it takes mentally and physically on someone doing it fa- four or five nights a week, especially through the summer, through Pride. Not just that, but the, the environment that we were doing it yeah, in. Yeah, the environment that we were doing it in, it... It became very cumbersome and quite troubling as well. I dealt with a lot of crap. Um, I had a lot of down moments, um, slight mental breakdown one night. But the value that I gained from that was incredible. What I gained personally, like just in my own life, I realised that I can say no to things and that I can stand up for myself. And I realised that I can express myself in the way that I want to. And the value that I gained from our, for our relationship was incredible as well. Mm. Because there was times when we were like pitted against each other and made to be in competition with each other yeah. and trying to maintain a healthy relationship while having to go to work and compete against your partner for like gigs and shows and shifts and like praise and it. like all of it. Like, but we, we got through it all. And we're better for it, I think. I think so. Um, um, I might have ran off crying a few times and you patted me on the back and told me that it was all going to be okay when I let you. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was very beneficial. And it came, September came around, a new academic year was starting. So I was like, the way that I've been feeling, am I going to be able to go on and do the hardest year of my university education yet while also continuing on in this on this path and the answer was no so I left that job focused on university and decided that I was going to become truly freelance decide when I worked chose when I worked I spoke with different queens and I I became comfortable with saying no to things um I got a standing gig at the brewers in the village and Roger was really helpful with all of that um literally like this day I left so yeah, I can the, believe the it. day I left, Roger was like, okay, do you want a gig then? Like, let's go. And I was like, oh, I'm so scared. Like, I don't want to, I, I need to wait to let the dust settle. So I waited like a month. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, it's my time to do what I want to fucking do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the recognition that I've been working really hard to, to have. Mm-hmm. And from, from then on, I've been extremely, re- extremely lucky in the things that I've gained. Not lucky. Not lucky, but I've been, I'm grateful for what I've gained from then on. It's been great. I've been a lot more comfortable, mm-hmm. a lot more free. Um, I structure my own life now. Like I sit every, every Sunday, do my calendar. I get my jobs and do all this. And bear in mind, I have three jobs. Like I do, but if they're taxed man ass, I only have one. Um, <laughs> I, I work in three different capacities. So there's a lot going on. And I have the benefit now of choosing when to work, when not to work, um, what to work as, how long to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think that speaks to the environment that you work in, I think. Yeah. Like, if you... If you work in... I, 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 I'm going to use an analogy. So, have you ever heard of the one with the fly in a glass? No. So, you put a fly on a table. Yeah. And you put a glass around it. Uh-huh. Leave it there for ages and ages. Still alive. Do whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you take the glass off. And the fly will never go further than where the glass was. Because that's all it knows. Yeah. Whereas, if there's a fly that just roams around, then it just... It freely does. It freely does whatever. Yeah. So if you're in an environment where you, you're you conditioned to believe a certain thing or that you have to do a certain thing, there's certain rules and whatever, then you're never going to go further than that. And I think it's very, very difficult. The fly can't do it. Mm-hmm. We're lucky that we're able to do it. Once you get out of that, once those restrictions are lifted, mm-hmm. you are able to grow and develop and realise that that place and that place and that place and that place they all they all have a different set of rules yeah. and you can you can do what you want mm-hmm. and you can push yourself in different ways but you do there is an element of that where you, you have to be pushed i feel because mm-hmm. if you're stuck in that little box and even though the, the box isn't no longer there and you're still stuck in that mindset you do kind of have to be pushed out of it i had to get pushed out of it I had all of my friends telling me, like, you have to get back into it. You have to just go and, like, run with it, keep the momentum going. And you were telling me the same thing. Because obviously you were still continuing on with your employment there. Mm -hmm. And that was something that we had to deal with because I had so many difficult and, like, kind of maybe... I had a lot of resentment towards the way that I felt at that time and towards the venue and the environment, let's say. Um, and obviously because you were still a part of that. And I had a different, I had a very different, it's, it's important to know that I had a, a, a completely contrasting experience for no reason. There was no valid reason and no real like explanation to why, but there was two people, me and, and Sam or Poppy and Holly. Poppy and Holly in the same situation with the same environment, but a completely like I want to say antithetical which yeah, isn't a word. Was, antithetical was, yeah they're completely different completely contrasting experience yeah. for no apparent reason and that obviously created some resentment for a little bit between us yeah. because I was dead proud of everything that I was doing and, and it was all great and it was all fabulous and amazing but then I turned to my side and the, the person that I love the most in the world is suffering and struggling and, I had and the then same when issue. the opportunity arose for you to excel I was like yes you have to do it along with all your friends i was like do it do it but on that i had the same issue of and it was the same while i was there and it was the same while i after i left seeing the person that i love the most in the world doing so brilliantly at what they do and getting all the opportunities that they deserve was so beautiful and i was so excited and so happy and i would want to be there and support you and just be the like the supportive partner and the loving partner and do all of the things that that person would do while also having to deal with the fact that I wasn't getting the same things. Yeah. And being in that environment, like I said, kind of taught me that we are different. And yeah. you do, you, you theorize, oh, why aren't, why aren't I getting this? Because am I not as good of a singer? Am I not as good of a dancer? Am I not this? Bear in mind, I'm a shit dancer. Like seriously, a shit dancer. So if it was going to be... Tiny dancer. <laughs> if it was going to be anything that separated me. us, it's that you're an incredible dancer and I can't dance for shit. But the 
it, you just theorize about all these different things and you really get down on yourself and you start to like believe that you are literally worse than shit and that this person that is telling you, you, this person, you, is telling me that I'm great and that I deserve all these things and I'm not getting them. I'm like, well, clearly someone's lying to me and you just, it was just not a good time. It, com- it comes down to the, the environment and where you yeah, are. Yeah, I mean- and afterwards, I still had some of those feelings. I still wanted to be, you would come home and tell me that you were getting this and this was happening and you were going to this place and this place and while, again, I was like so excited for you and so happy and like really supportive of it, there was just that voice in the back of my head that was like, but it was never going to be you, was it? Yeah. And then it wasn't until I completely separated myself from it, still supporting you, still going to the shows, but separating myself mentally from it and realising that I'm past that, personally. Not in like a, I'm better than that You're kind of able way. to support me without the added competition, resentment, yeah. like... That, why is that all those inner thoughts that you spoke about you, you don't have any of those anymore because yeah. you have this amazing thing that allows you to do what you that allows you to do what you thought you were able to do with this first opportunity all yeah. the things that were promised from this first opportunity you were now doing yeah. so you were able to do it from a better place and I'm, yeah exactly and I'm doing them with the benefit of experience yeah and knowing that I can say no knowing when to say yes, knowing when I'm being respected and knowing when I'm being disrespected, mm-hmm. knowing when the fee is too good and knowing when the fee is not good enough. And <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah. And that is, that's something I'm really grateful for. So while the experience might have been less than desirable at the time, I am grateful for what I gained from it. I gained a lot of friends through that experience. There's still people who I would call some of my closest friends. Um, it's no you have to bleep that out you can't keep that in you cannot keep that in oh my god um anyways stop it you're gonna get me oh my god you're gonna get me killed or something um but yeah so she can't do that that is very true i think i could take gaga yeah i could take but so yeah, yeah, so that's the that's the you wouldn't change any the bit. summation of my experience over the past two years mm-hmm. working professionally in drag, and the to finish it off where I am at now. I am the best I've ever been. I feel the best I've ever been. I am the most confident I've ever been. My voice is the strongest it's ever been. My dance skills are still completely shit, but I'm now in a position where I don't care about it. <laughs> and let's have some snaps for that. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lot happier now and I feel like the future holds for me what I can now see that I deserve it to hold. Yeah. Lovely words. I like that. That's really good. Obviously, it's kind of a nice like closure thing because we, I mean, it, it, when you have a bad experience, you don't often, we don't often talk about them a lot, but it's nice from a, a closure perspective to to talk about it a little bit and delve back into it and kind of like sum it up, put a bow around it and tie it. Yeah. It's nice to... It does feel like that, to be fair. It feels nice to vocalise all those things. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. Yeah. <laughs> You've worked in drag all around the towns and everything. Yeah. You've competed in drag. Yes. How would you... So you've, you competed in Dragtastic. Yeah, that was my first competition. Yeah, and then... You most recently competed in Drag Idol. Yeah. 
How would you compare working in drag and competing in drag? Oh, it's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> the competition, I mean. Like, the fear and the nerves and everything like that is times by ten when you're in a competition. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is the benefit of competing and the what you gain from it is also tenfold. Because mm-hmm. I've done... More than working. More than working. I have done some of the most nerve-wracking things while competing, not just in drag, like in other things in my life, competing for jobs and competing for scholarships and places and Competing with me. Competing with you. <laughs> like, it's, you do some of the, you do some of your best work while you're shitting, crying, throwing up, nervous before, yeah. before a gig. Yeah. Um, like with Drag Idol, for example. Which you got to the semi-final I of, did. can we? Can we just? She got to the, she got to the, she got to the heat final. That's where she got. It was a semi-final. Yeah, let's call it that. There was only four. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so that that competition was wildly different to any competition that I'd done before because it wasn't just do a number, then piss off. It was stand on a stage for 15, 20 minutes, do what you do as a performer and hold the room for this amount of time. And that scared the absolute daylights out of me. I wasn't intending to compete. I was asked to do it at the last minute, which turned out to be great because I won that part of the competition. Would you say that the the spontaneity of the, the event and the... The opportunity helped you oh yeah definitely if i had any more time to think about it i would have been like ripping my hair out and not the wig like my actual head hair like it would have i feel like the fact that it was like literally the night before the competition that i was asked to do it i just thought right okay i'll do this and i'll do this and i'll chat shit about this and i'll make this joke and i'll just get on and i'll just do it mm-hmm. and it was received so well apparently i'm funny <laughs> apparently <laughs> i didn't know but i mean i think you're funny i understand your humor um, and I think because you didn't have so much time to think about it, it was a very much like, it was very raw and you ha- just had to be you. Yeah. You didn't have time to question any of your choices. You didn't have, it was very like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And then before you've even thought about your choices, you're on stage. Yeah, exactly. I think that was great. So you. to answer your question, comp- competing isn't the worst. It's not, it's, it's not as bad and dramatic as I make it out to be. What I'm saying is the challenges are harder, but what is gained from those challenges is 10 times better. Like I've got a gig tomorrow and while I'm not competing, I'm still nervous about it because Mm. I want to do well. And I know that what I gain from that gig will be not just like financially or whatever, but like personally, my personal development from that gig will be great. The aspects gained from competing because you're putting yourself out there to be judged and to be literally given critique is nerve-wracking, but it's so beneficial to the growth as an artist and as a person. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so do you have, do you have like a favourite uh, performance slash look? I, I mean, they kind of go together because I think like they, they go hand in hand when yeah. you're on stage, but do you have a favourite performance that you... I mean, even that you haven't done yet, have you got an idea of something you want to do that you know will be your absolute... That's what you want to do. That's um, what, like the goal. So two. One that I've done and one that I am yet to do. Yeah. They do are that. related massively. One that I've done and to death, one might say, <laughs> is Don't Rain On My Parade. That is a number that I love with my whole heart because of like where I learned it from, the doors that were opened musically from gaining that song. What the song um, means as well. Very, very much yeah, speaks to your journey. Exactly. Like it's very like no one gives a fuck but I don't care. Like I am like this, I am this 
person and you, you are the greatest star. I am star. the greatest star. Maybe that's my favourite number. One. It was all funny girl and I am a funny girl. I really am. But yeah, it's the it's the glamour, it's the musical theatre, it's the drama with coupled with a gorgeously fl- like flowy little updo wig and a gorgeous gown with definitely loads of tulle on it. Um, Would you say that's classic Holly? Yeah, definitely. Now it is. It's a gorgeous gown, a blonde updo with a little fringe and like a stellar musical theatre show-stopping ballad. Like that is me yeah. in a hole. <laughs> that is me in a hole. That is me. I am right here. I am right here. But yes, and the number that I'll be doing tomorrow is very similar to that. I'll be wearing a gorgeous gown, gorgeous wig. Uh, I know that sounds very like very non-specific, but I know what they, I'm talking. Do you know about what you head. give them a teaser? They, they they're gonna have to come and see it. For yeah, themselves. exactly. I mean, the show will already be done by this point by the time you hear this. But come down to the rivers tomorrow night. 8pm for Roger Presents. Come back in time. Yeah. You never know. I'll probably be, do- I'll probably be doing it again. Granted that it goes well. 5th of um, August, 2022, 8 o'clock. Get in your time machines. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be singing And I'm Telling You from Dreamgirls. And again, it's it's those power ballads. It's the ballads that I can show off my voice. It's where I can make an entire room stop chatting away because they're listening to what I'm doing. And they're listening to what I'm doing with my voice and the words that I'm singing. And finishing off on a big grand note and having people be completely surprised that such a big voice has come out of such a little lady. A little tiny woman. Little tiny woman, lady woman, girl, <laughs> me. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm actually coming to the end of my, uh, end of my questions. Um, uh, perfect timing as well, I must say. Um, I, I always ask everyone um, toward the end, if there's anything that you want to do with your creative outlet, this being drag, uh-huh. in a sense, that either you haven't done yet or that you haven't been able to do um, or any 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 goals for your drag? I think, personally, it's my goals are less so I want to be at this level, I want to be on this show, I want to be doing this and I want to be doing that. That's not, that's not what I want for my drag. I mean, I'm not going to say no if the opportunity arises, but... Queen of the Universe is around the corner. <laughs> but what I want out of my drag life and my creative experience on earth is just to be ever more comfortable with myself and knowing that I can put on a wig and put on a dress and slap on a bit of makeup, whack on a heel and go and stand on a stage and sing for a room full of people who are truly there just to enjoy what they're watching. Mm -hmm. They're not going for the clout or they're not going because like there's someone there that they think is this person or that person just to go to enjoy it and I want to be that person I want to be the the artist that people come and they are just they just enjoy their life for the 45 minutes an hour that they're there watching the show like the the Mary Max yeah them type of people just I don't want fame I don't want stardom and again like I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to want that if you are a drag queen because Drag is amazing. It's an amazing art form and it deserves all of the flowers in the world. It deserves all of the money and all of the fame and all of the billboards and TV shows and all of that. It deserves it all. And the queens who do it need a massive pat on the back for that because it's a hard fucking job. But personally, I just want to be comfortable and happy. And again, like I said, I have other aspirations in my life that maybe don't like override my aspirations in drag, but they kind of come together to, as one to make me a better person. Overall in life, everything that I do, my creativity, 
my queerness, my legal career, um, anything else that I do, my relationship with you, my job as a cat dad, like all of it comes together to make me a better person and that is all I want. I want Mm. to get to the end of my life and I want to look back and think all of the things that I've done, I'm extremely proud of, not because of what I've gained from them, but because it's made me the person that I am and I want to be happy and content with the things that I've done and the person that I've become. That's lovely. I usually, I mean, I usually ask um, if you have any final words, but I think that was that was gorgeous. Do you have any final words for the for the viewers? Um, 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 I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Just thank you. Um, thank you for letting me come on and do this because I was. Like, before you even started Safe House, I was right there in the beginning. Yeah. You were like, oh my God, I'm going to start a podcast. Like, what should I call it? And we were like, batting names back and forth. And like, I helped, like, I feel like I was there in the very beginning to like, mm-hmm. push you to do it. And I'm like, I'm always there, like on the sidelines, like, ooh, like cheering you on and listening to your podcast as you're editing them and telling you to get rid of some parts of it because it mightn't be as PC as you think it is. Um, But thank you for letting me come on. Um, I've been a bit nervous to do it, to be honest. I feel like I haven't been ready to do it until now. Is it better than you thought? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, And I feel like I've learned a bit about myself as well. And yeah, you're great. So thank you. (laughs) And I hope this podcast helps someone or I hope someone understands me a bit better from Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I hope you understand me a bit better now. I think I do. I think I do. This is great. Let's do another one. Yeah. Absolutely. Series uh, three. We'll just do a whole season of just me and you talking <laughs> to each other. Now that would be good. That would be very good. On, but I don't think we can leave the, the run, cat in there for... But it's not Beyonce and Jay-Z. <laughs> it's Holly and Poppy and Sam and Dan. On your feet. On your feet. On your feet. <laughs> on your feet. Coming 2025. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for joining me. And I will see you... I mean, right now, I'm about to go get in the shower so we can go into town and buy some nice things. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Right, we'll just say bye to the viewers then. Goodbye, all. It's been great. Goodbye, Um, viewers. Thank you. Peace. Smash the world. Peace. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for another episode. I'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye, driver. Bye. (laughs) Oh, that was fun. Yay. Did you like that? Yeah. Is that good? Oh, it was so much fun. Mm. Love you. I love you too.